Today I'm taking a little break from preaching, and uh, in my place, one of our elders, Andrew Lang, will be giving the message today. Uh, Andrew has been with us since the very beginning, served as an elder uh, since the very beginning, and so why don't you welcome my good friend, Andrew Lang. Thank you, Brian. I've got to put this on silent. How's everybody today? Good. Hey. That Operation Christmas Child, just so I can take you to the other side of the ocean, I've seen it twice now. When we were in India, uh, seven, nine, ten years ago, we went way down, down south in India to a little girl's school. It wasn't a little girl. There was 400 girls there. Catholic school. And they were feeding them. And uh, one of our uh, folks in the uh, mission team was... Um, Sponsoring a child. Long story short, this was part of, they had did a little dance for us. The Indian girls love to dance, traditional dances, and they had Operation Christmas Child while we were there. That was cool. The second one is much more close to home. Pastor Mauricio in El Salvador when Kate and I were there the first time. Now keep in mind that Christmas uh, child is maybe a misnomer. We were there in June. They don't all get distributed at Christmas time. We were there in June, and he had a whole room full of them. And Pastor Mauricio, as I'm sure you guys know or will come to know, Pastor Mauricio is a visionary man. He was going to have a big celebration for the whole community. But Kate and I were like, are those our boxes? You never know, right? You never know. It's a special, as you can see in the videos, and I'm sure we'll continue to, to talk about this. It's a special time. And Americans have $7. And you can find things around the house or at a store. So I would, I think uh, Kim told me, we're going to shoot for 200. Every year we do a little bit more, 200 boxes. People of God, this is a worthy endeavor for kids in the middle of nowhere who have nothing oftentimes to get a gift. And in the bottom is a message about Jesus. We have so much trouble going on in the world right now with people looking at other quasi-religious books and doing silly things around the world. We as Christians need to get into these younger generations to change them before they start uh, getting into trouble. So I would uh, highly recommend this. So today we're going to talk about making a difference through prayer as we continue the sermon series, Make a Difference. Excuse me. One has to ask, you know, what's this life about anyway? What am I here for? What are we doing all this for? Loved ones, let me tell you some facts. Humans are not randomly put together to form this body that we have. We did not evolve over millions of years into a two-footed upright ape who has cranial capacity much greater than other animals. We were not simply poofed into being out of nothing with the ability to love and to serve and to show affection to one another. We were created by God. The Bible says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and all things we see today. In the beginning God created mankind. He knows each of us. We're not just robots. We were each unique. We are each unique in God's sight. Whether you have brown eyes, blue eyes, 
Overweight, underweight, curly-haired, straight-haired, blonde, black, white. God created you even before time began. And, you know, we're having a little baby boom here in VCC, and it's brilliant. We have babies coming, babies past, babies future. God knows those little ones. He numbers the hair on the head of each of those little ones, each of you. He loves you. He created you. And he created you for a reason. If you accepted Christ as your Savior and Lord, God created you to make a difference. There seems to be such hopelessness in our time. I don't think it is any different from other eras of mankind. And I can't fully tell you how it was to live during the Depression or during the horrors of the Second World War or the Dark Ages. I can only tell you what a soon-to-be 50-year-old can tell you. I've lived through good and bad times. I don't need to recount for you the troubles that we're going through right now in our country. An economy that's anemic. Most people making less than they did about five, six years ago. Where the courts are making decisions that go against what we, a free people, have told them how we want to live. How Islamic radicals continue to work their way across the Middle East. And continue to pursue unbelievable persecution and death on people groups, including Christians, around the world. It's tough out there in this fallen world. Last year, we had two young people who took their lives at my kids' schools. The famous actor and comedian Robin Williams famously took his life. That's not God's plan. Sure, God allows us to live through tough times. We don't know fully why. We'll know this when we meet him. But what I do know and what I hang on to when it seems that lots of things are cratering around me, what I hang on to is that God created me so that I would make a difference in this world, in this little corner of the universe that he put me in, that I would make a difference. God created you to make a difference, not just to simply go to school, get a job, do your 8 to 5, come home, watch TV, eat too much, wake up the next day, go to do it all over again. That's not what really God wants. Do you think that's the way he wants you to live? God created us to make a difference in this world, to make a difference in his kingdom. Today we're going to see what the Bible says about being a difference maker through prayer. How to make a difference through prayer. But first let's open up our hearts to God. Lord... Thank you for your word delivered to us. There are so many lies out there in the marketplace about how we should live our lives. That we are to go with the flow of the culture. That we are to be tolerant and to be a part of the group. Lord, I know that's not your will for us. That is not the truth about how you would want us to live our lives. Renew in us the desire to be difference makers, to be kingdom changers. Your word says that you called us for a reason. Lord, move us into that posture that we can make a difference in your kingdom. Father, give us a vision for who you want us to be. God, teach us today about prayer so that we can make a difference in the world where you have placed us. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Pastor Bird asked me to talk on prayer and I assure you, he didn't ask me that because I am some mighty prayer warrior or I have some unique insight into prayer. Frankly, all of you, if you're a Christian, any of you could come up here and teach on prayer. 
because we all use the same word to teach on. Prayer is a significant fundamental component in the walk of a Christian. Prayer is foundational in the life of a Christian. The reason for this is because we are communicating with God. As Christians, we are so blessed to have discovered a relationship with the true and living God of the universe. And if you're a Christian, you were pursued by the king of the universe. You have been introduced to Jehovah God, a real person who created us for a purpose. A friend who died on the cross for the sins that we, for the penalty that we rightly deserved. And once saved, you have an unbelievable opportunity to have a relationship with this all-powerful, almighty God of the universe. A God who loves us. Prayer is talking to this almighty God of the universe. <coughs> I spent some time this week looking through the Bible for examples of prayer. Skimming through the Bible, we see people praying for thanks, for salvation, help, healing, food, comfort, because of joy in secret, because they were slaughtered. In the open, in private, in good times and bad times, they are praying. They pray for specifics. They are praying for the whole world. They are praying. They prayed night and day. They prayed for rescue, for safety, or praising a God who delivers, for well-being. The word always and continually in all occasions are used to describe how the saints are found praying in the Bible. They offered up petitions in loud cries and in gentle, still voices. It's obvious that believers in God seek him out through prayer. I counted. There are 797 references in the NIV to prayer or praise to God in Scripture. Clearly, prayer is important to the life of the church, to the life of the faithful. So what is prayer? Prayer is conversation with God. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue, communication that goes both ways. Prayer is an intensely personal endeavor that the individual takes with God. It's a, it is personal, but it's also meant to be shared. Praying together with others is a beautiful way for the people of God to share with other like-minded believers and to introduce our wonderful, all-powerful God to those who don't yet know him. Theologian Donald Blesch writes, Prayer is both a pleading with God that he will hear and act upon your, our requests and a trusting surrender to God in the confidence that he will act in his own time and way. Prayer is essential in the life of a Christian. Prayer is a way to communicate with God. The Bible says that the Christian faith is not about a religion. It's about a relationship, a one-on-one -on -one relationship. That we as believers in Christ are privileged to have with the Savior. Now you can't have a relationship with someone if you don't communicate, right? So this is what, why we are called to pray. We read in John 15, 15, an unbelievable message to me. That as a Christian, I'm called a friend of Christ. I look in the mirror, that to me is amazing, that Jesus, even in my sin, would, would call me friend. That's amazing. So we are friends with Christ. So how do friends talk? What do they talk about? They talk all the time. What are you worried about? What are you thankful for? What are you dreaming of? What's weighing down your heart? Who needs to be saved? What does the future hold? 
The Bible says that we are to pray without ceasing. Our prayer life should be constant and consistent. Not just while in church, not just before the meal, not just when you really need God's help for something. We are to pray over everything. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So how do we make a difference in the world through prayer? Well, foundationally, prayer strengthens your faith. When you read examples in Scripture how prayer has been used in good times and tough times, how with prayer and supplication to God, the faithful were strengthened and kept safe, this adds to your prayer life and consequently strengthens your faith. You don't need the Bible to get those examples. Pray with people and see what the Holy Spirit does. It'll increase your faith. Talking to God on a regular basis, sending Him praises, asking for help, thanking Him. This will increase your faith. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when I'm blessed by God and to my Christian American Friends, we are blessed by God. But sometimes, you know, it's 30 minutes later, or it's a couple hours later. It's like, oh, God just blessed me. And he orchestrated opportunities for me to bless me. Does that ever happen to you? That you kind of forget about God? It's a faith builder when you admit that the blessings... You discover in life do not come from anything you did, but they come from God. You can make a difference in the world by interceding for others to the Lord through prayer. Pray with humility. We are, pray, we are told to pray for those who persecute us, who mistreat us. And you don't need to be wearing an orange jumpsuit in the middle of the Arab desert to be persecuted. You can be persecuted at your workplace today in your neighborhood. Pray for those people. We are taught to be on our watch and to pray. Our spiritual forefathers prayed on roofs, on the beach, in the synagogues, on the streets. They prayed in jail. They prayed on the cross. They prayed with joy. They prayed with great earnestness. They prayed for courage that they could stand up for the cause of Christ. One man prayed so hard, one notable man prayed so hard that blood dripped from his forehead. We are to give thanks to this for saints that we know. Night and day they prayed most earnestly. Pray continuously. Pray constantly. Pray to be delivered from wicked men. Ask God for help. Pray so that he will be active. In sh- we will be active in sharing our faith. James said that if in, anyone is in trouble, he should pray. And if anyone is sick, he should have the elders of the church pray over him and anoint him in the name of the Lord. We are to pray in faith. We are to pray for one another so that we may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, the Bible says. Pray that we may enjoy good health. We are to pray in the Holy Spirit. Those are all positive examples of how we are to use prayer in our lives to build our faith. Sometimes, however, like I do, we need uh, some negative reinforcement. So we're going to look at 1 Samuel Real quick, First Samuel 12 is a glimpse of a frustrated prophet, Samuel, who even though he had all the people in his care, they were rebelling against him and they were rebelling against the Lord. 
He says that if he did not continue to pray for his flock, he would be sinning. So do not be afraid. Samuel replied, you have all done this evil, yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you, because they are useless. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people, because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And it it continues on from that. I love, by the way, to take, I don't like to take little verses because there was so much meat in that, I wanted to put the verses in context around it. But woe is it to me that I don't pray for you. How many times in your life have you had nudges from the Lord? The Holy Spirit said, hey, look at that guy in the corner. Go pray for him. Go pray for that person. Many times I've said, yeah, well, I've just rejected it. That's a sin. Jesus was the consummate teacher. Through parables, simply through questions and how he lived, Jesus taught all the time. He taught us often by his actions. It is evident that Jesus honored prayer because Jesus is often found praying in Scripture. How much more can we learn about prayer than what Jesus teaches us? He consistently seeks time to pray with his Father. He prayed all the time. He talked to, the, to God the Father all the time. And this is something to wrap your head around. Jesus, the Son of God, one part of the triune God, if Jesus needs to pray to communicate with the Father, this shows us how important prayer is in the life of a Christian. Jesus showed the value of going off alone to pray, but he also showed the value of praying with other believers. We should do the same. Matthew 6, 5, we see that one of many times where Jesus teaches on prayer. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go to your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not Keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your, listen, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Prayer changes things. I have to admit, I fully do not understand this. Some point in my eternal voyage, I will understand this. I don't know how. A sinner like myself can assist the Lord through my feeble and meek prayers. But we do. I will find out more when I get to heaven, and I'm sure this will be one of my top questions. But it's a supernatural occurrence when we pray. Donald Blesch again says that prayer can take the form of petition, intercession, adoration, thanksgiving, and confession. I put those in your notes. There's probably more. But those are good ones. Petition, intercession, adoration, thanksgiving, and confession. Biblical prayer is pouring out one's soul before God. It often takes the form of passionate pleading to God, even wrestling with God. This presupposes that God's ultimate will is unchanging. 
But the way in which he chooses to realize his will is dependent on the prayers of his children. He wants us to be covenant partners with him. Not as automatons, robots, not as slaves. Prayer is sharing with God our needs and desires so that we might be fully conformed to his ultimate will and purpose. Scripture says that we are participants in God's kingdom by being his hands and feet, that God wants us to use our lives to make a difference in the world. It is the same way through prayer. God uses the prayers of the righteous to affect his kingdom. Prayer takes our focus of ourselves off of ourselves and focuses on God. We live in an extremely narcissistic, me-centered, selfie-taking generation. Wait a second. There we go. Generation. So we live in an age where we're going to cure all diseases, where we can find the, all the fuel deposits deep within the earth. We can figure it out. We have the technology. We're wise. We can pull the UN together and stop the beheadings occurring around the world. Through our power, we can do it. But you know that's not true. We delude ourselves and we think that we are the masters of our own destiny. That if we put more research dollars into a problem, we can overcome it. That nasty little Ebola virus is containable. When the chips are down and mankind cannot figure it out, we reach out to God. Remember after 9-11, stadiums were full. Now they were listening to Oprah, but they were full. Our church was full the next two or three weeks. It's not full now. People were reaching out to God. I would suggest to you that this reaching out to God, moving away from our selfish focus on mankind, should be the first step rather than the last step. When it seems like everything is falling apart, prayer takes the focus off of ourselves and places it on God. Prayer is a way of walking out our faith. The true Christian faith is an authentic faith that is genuine and real. You want to make a difference in the world? The next time your coworker says, hey, I'm a little nervous about my test coming back for my biopsy. I'm getting my results on Monday. You could say, well, sorry to hear that. Would you like a cup of coffee and move on with your day? You could do that. You could do what the world says and say, my thoughts and my prayers are with you. Don't you hate when you hear that on the news? Our thoughts and our prayers are with you, and more and more it's just our thoughts are with you. I don't know what the next step is. But don't just say that. This is what the world says. You want to make a difference in the world? How about this? Ask this lady if you can pray for her. Then do it right then and there. Pray for them. That will make a difference in the world in two regards. First, your prayers agree with God, and you will become a willing partner in the movement of his kingdom. Secondly, you reach out to hurting, you reach out to the hurting person who the Holy Spirit has put right in front of you. Here's a couple of examples. Now, I like to tell stories because I, uh, I get around the block a lot. But don't be focused on what a me in here. This is a st- these are stories. So we were at a Bob Evans restaurant. This was about eight years ago. Ten-year-old girl falls on the floor right next to our table, starts frothing at the mouth and having a seizure. The dad, they're just the two of them. The dad is on the floor holding her head in his lap, stroking her hair. And she is, it was, it was like a, a dream because the, the waiters and waitresses were still serving, just kind of walking around us. So I got up out of my chair and went down and, and just started praying for the girl. Put my hand on her shoulder 
and just started praying. I didn't know what to pray. I was just asking for healing. And what I remember from that moment uh, in time is that the father kept saying, look, honey, this man's praying for you. He's praying for you. It's going to be all right. Now, she, she, she got out of this seizure. The squad was never called. They got up, kind of dusted themselves off, and they left. I don't know who this family was. They were in Fairfield County, and, and I don't know what's going on with them today. But I made, perhaps, made a little difference at that point. I got up in, an, in a public place, prayed for this girl, and gave them comfort while she was going through this. Here's another example. It just happened recently. My, I'd like to say barber, but it's actually my hairstylist. <laughs> this takes a lot of work. Um, so, you know, I've been going to her for about three years, and she was, uh, you know, we just talk, oh, weather, you know, blah, 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 kid stuff. Okay, how's it going? Okay, let's get going. And then I pay and I go. But this time, it was evident to me that there was something on her heart. She was in a dark place. She was going through some family trauma and um, she was really in a bad place. She was angry and she was, uh, um, and you don't want somebody angry with scissors behind you. (laughs) But um, so, you know, I said, I got to go, you know, I got things to do. While we were walking out to get my coat and you walk over to get to pay, I said, look, I'm really sorry you're going through this. And would it be okay if Jennifer and I prayed for you, put you on our prayer list? And, you know, she got all emotional and I got a little emotional. I think mine was the Holy Spirit. But here's the deal. She was really touched by that. And you know what? So was I. And she left that little post haircut prayer uh, time. I didn't even pray for her, okay? I said, I'm going to commit to pray for you, which we have since then. But um, she left there with a commitment to me that she's going to start going to church. She hasn't been in church in about three, four months because, you know, sometimes God is, is uh, po- the finger is pointed at God. But she said, I'm going to start going around, uh, being around Christian people and doing, you know, going on through life in a different way. And I left the place <clears throat> with joy in my heart. That in a simple little offer of us to pray for her, that Jesus had used me to make a difference in a little way. Now, I don't know if it's going to solve all our problems. She's got some problems. She's got two little kids who are being affected by these problems. But we're praying for her, and we'll see what God has in store for her. Okay? So these are two little examples in my life, and I'm sure you have many, many examples in your life. But we need to pray for people. There are many examples in the Bible how people prayed. Some standing, some kneeling, some with hands open, some quietly praying to themselves, some praying out loud. There's no set formula, and there shouldn't be a set formula. So here's some verses that I um, dug through and wanted to put up. The first one's in Proverbs 15. The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. We're to clean out our hearts before we... We're going before the throne of God. So clean out your hearts, Mark eleven twenty five. And when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. If we are praying with selfish motives, even if we say in Jesus' name, we misrepresent him. Pray in Jesus' name. John fourteen thirteen says, I will do whatever you ask in my name 
so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. Asking in his name acknowledges two things. Humble acknowledgement that it is Christ who is our provider, not us. And second, Jesus gives us permission to speak and act on his behalf. If you slow down your life, if you're praying, it's kind of a circle. If you're praying, you'll get more prompts for prayer. You've got to listen. When we pray on our own, we don't tap into the power of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. In this economy, not financial, in this world, there is power in the name of Jesus. And we need to tap into that. Prayer is vital in the life of a Christian. There are so many examples how prayer changed things in the Bible. There's so many examples how prayer changed things in this room, in my life. I believe that prayer changes things today. So here are some practical thoughts in response to common objections to prayer. Andrew, I'm just not a good prayer. So how do you define good? Is it good as defined by man? We're not praying for the enjoyment or for the purposes of man. We are praying to God. We are reaching out with our praise, our hopes, our fears, and our petitions to God. You're not good at praying? Don't be defined by mankind. Don't let man be the judge. Let God be the judge. I tell you what, by not praying, by not having this foundational act in your Christian life, you will not be a difference maker in God's kingdom. Andrew, I just don't have anything to pray about. I don't know what to pray for. Look here. With all that's going on in the world today, with all the trauma that's happening around the world, in our city, our schools, to say that we cannot come up with something to pray about is frankly kind of sloppy. It's not being truthful. You don't know anybody who needs to be saved? We don't save them, but we pray that the Lord would grab their hearts. Many examples, many times have I heard after people come to know Jesus that we find out the grandparents were praying for him or her, or that their teachers were praying for him. When I was saved, my Sunday school teacher, beautiful older lady, came up and we hugged and, and she said, I was praying for you. But listen, there are times when you maybe life is just too overwhelming for you to put together a cogent prayer. When you don't have a clue about uh, how to put your thoughts into prayers, ask the Holy Spirit for help. When Jesus left, he left us the counselor, the Holy Spirit in our lives. Remember, prayer is a conversation with a friend, a friend who wants the best for you, a friend who will help you with your prayers. Romans 8, 26 says in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know. Listen, we do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the minds of the Spirit. Knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. The Spirit intercedes for the saints. This is not Catholic saints that you have a statue that you as a Christian are called a saint. The Holy Spirit's praying for you. Isn't that awesome? We need to come in, into agreement with him on that. Oh, I just don't know how to pray, Andrew. Look, if you're a new Christian or you've been a Christian for a while and 
you feel, probably through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, that your prayer life needs a little work, let's go to the Master for help. So we're going to end this service today the way I ended every one of my classes when I was a wee kid. Come on up, the music team. Is We're going to stand and we're going to recite the Lord's Prayer. So why don't we all stand? And TJ's got it up there. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And I've, I could have taught, we could, you could teach weeks on the Lord's Prayer. It has so much meat in there. This is not a formula. formula. This, comes, this comes from Jesus when he was asked, how, do I, how should I pray, Lord? It's not a formula. It's not something that, as a, as a youth, that we did it, actually. We just wrote, you know, just kind of said it. But if, if you break it down and you look at the structure, it's a great way how we should approach God through prayer. So I did this every week as a, a little lad in Sunday school. And once we, we got more mature in our faith and we understood uh, communicate what communicating was with the Lord, we branched out from this prayer. It's a good way to begin using this prayer to make a difference in God's kingdom. And it's, it's a good way to end our teaching today on, on prayer. Uh, could I also have, ask the uh, prayer team to come up? So we have a, a prayer team here. So these lovely people are stepping out in faith to pray for us. Okay? Nothing special. They went through a class. They understand what the Bible says about prayer. But now they're standing and looking at you. And that takes guts. All right? So... It's in our DNA here to end every, um, end every uh, service through prayer. And, uh, well, I missed it that we're going we're gonna to say the Lord's Prayer, so let's do that. So, we're all going to say it together. Ready? This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. was great. Father, my uh, priest would be proud. Um, So it's in our DNA to have prayer at the end of service. I just, I was on the calendar to speak about this. So it's not, it's not about me, but after first service and between service and at the beginning of this service, the Holy Spirit was moving mightily. My shirt was drenched up here because I was crying back there in thankfulness to the Lord. That happens in my life when the Holy Spirit is getting a hold of my attention. And other people have come to me to say that the Holy Spirit was really moving in, in the first service in this place. On the flip side, we had some folks come up and say that the, the enemy was really attacking this church. And why does the enemy attack? The enemy attacks because he wants to, to, to win. He wants to distract us. And so there's a, there's a war going on right now in the heavenlies, in this church, around this church. And we need to pray against that. Listen, if you have 
We're talking about prayer today. If you have anything that's on your heart that you want to have prayer for, these lovely people would like to pray with you. Anybody in here would like to pray with you. So don't. There's something that's supernatural that goes on when you come up for prayer. I remember the first time I ever came up for prayer, many, you know, a couple, three churches ago. It was amazing what the, what the Lord did in my life uh, from that point on. Don't walk out of here if you have something to pray about. If, second point is, if somebody's in your mind right now to go and pray for them, that's not coming from che- your Cheerios this morning. That's, not com- that's coming from the Lord. Don't walk out of here and say, oh, I wish I had prayed for Billy Bob. Don't walk out of here. You are saying no to the Holy Spirit to go and pray for somebody. Do you want to be, do you want that? You don't want that. I don't want that. We need to be, we need to respond. So we're going to sing a song of worship to the Lord. Come up. Don't need to pray with these people. Just come up and pray to the Lord yourself if you want to. Get on your knees. Pray back there with the Lord. It's a time of prayer.